0: Hi, this is Danny, Gagandrish Sai, welcome to our marketing podcast, Between Between the the Lines. On this show, we take a deep dive into marketing with the best brains out there, figuring out what works and what does not. Hello guys, our guest today is Mr. Shering Wangi Yolmo, who is living his dream of building India's sports and fitness super brand at PureFit since the last two years. Shering previously led the fashion evolution for India as the youngest ever director of men's apparel business at Mitra. He was also an associate director at Flipkart for three years. An alumnus of IM Bangalore batch of 2011, Shering was the sports secretary who loved all kinds of sports. He is a pro at football, volleyball, cricket and badminton and loves following Formula One and tennis. Apart from his office job, he leads different sports teams. Ranging from cricket to football in Bangalore and loves playing guitar in his leisure time. We are thrilled to have him on board with us. Thank you for joining us sharing. Welcome to Between the Lines, a marketing podcast. We are delighted to have you.
1: Good to be here, guys. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope you're doing okay. How is Bangalore? It's raining again, man. It's <laughs> It's been raining like crazy this
1: year. Uh, the weather's great, but it also means I can't go out and play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sad about that. I'm hoping it doesn't rain tomorrow.
0: All right. All right. Okay, so um, let's get right into uh, our topic for the uh, episode. So, first, currently at CureFit, can you please tell us a bit more about what you have been doing and currently doing there? Cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we wear uh,
1: our clothes, uh, you know, uh, we wear our brand all the time. You can, as you can see, I'm wearing a cult sport t-shirt. Okay. Uh, what I'm trying to build here is like you like you already pointed out, we're trying to build India's most loved sportswear and equipment brand. Uh, right now, we are uh, probably at the cusp of, you know, sort of going uh, big time. Uh, for the last couple of years, we've been primarily working on the, on the product design, uh, on getting our product absolutely right. Uh, I think the one thing that India uh, doesn't have enough of is a quality brand that really thinks about the customer first, uh, thinks about all the problems that the customer faces today when, when someone's working out or, you know, doing basic things like, you know, we talk about the everyday athlete, right? For us, an everyday athlete is even someone who gets out of bed in the morning and, you know, d- d- sort of goes with the whole determination that today I'm going to like just do 10, 10K steps and make sure I have a healthy day. Just walking around the house, right? For well, for us, even that is an everyday athlete. So our clothes are not just made for athletes, but the, for the everyday athlete. So you know everything from uh, from uh, apparel, shoes, uh, and we've recently launched our commercial gym equipment line as well. So you know we're going to be like a. Uh, I mean, I don't want to give that as a broad example, but think of uh, think of a decathlon plus plus. I mean, Decathlon gives you a host of uh, options across sport, across uh, clothing, across you know various disciplines. Uh, but it's all very basic, right? Uh, it does the job, but is it the best in class? Probably not. We want to uh, take it a notch higher and say, you know what? We want to offer the same width of assortment, but at the same time, we want to do it uh, with a punch of saying, you know what? Can I call it the best t-shirt that you can find at this price point? Or can I call it the best workout shorts you'll ever wear, you know, in India, something like that, you know, so just to give an idea of where we are sort of heading from a direct direction. And, uh, and of course, you know, we want to be India's largest player as well. So uh, see, you know, look out for a lot of activity on this front uh, in the next, I would say 12 to 18 months for sure.
2: Got it. Thank you so much. Sharing. that was really like, it gives it the way you tell us, it really gives us the feel that you are so much passionate about the work that you're doing and you are aligning what you really love, like sports, with the, with the company, with the kind of work that you're doing. So that's really touching and it gives a real feel of how you should really drive your life. So my question is around sports and brands, because you talk about brands in general. So what do you think is the difference between a brand and a label? Where do you draw the line between the two of them? And what what are the two, what do you think as as a manager, as, a, as, as someone who's associated with sports and brands in general, what do you think is
1: the difference the, the line between a brand and a label? Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll probably try and answer that as someone who's trying to build a brand, right? And we've been working on it for the last, uh, like I said, two, two and a half years. Uh, for me, personally, as a customer, a brand has always, I and mean, you always have to think from a customer angle, right? A brand has always been something that is unforgettable, right? Something that is irreplaceable. So I'll give you a very basic example. Uh, one of my favorite t-shirts, and I, I, I don't mind naming other brands because you know uh, some of the brands are really good at what they do. So my favorite t-shirt when when I'm training or when I'm working out is something called the Under Armour Rush t-shirt. Okay, Under Armour is one of, my, one of my favorite brands, and I love their products. But the Rush t-shirt is an unforgettable experience. You wear it once, and you will never ever want to wear anything else again when you're working out. You know. Uh, that for me is a brand that that's the kind of thing that a brand does. I cannot replace the rust t-shirt with anything else, not just because it's that good, but because it's just not about the product, it's also about the experience, right. And it is so consistent. Like I have bought many rust t-shirts over, over time, the fit, the, the feel of the fabric, everything always is the same. It never changes. Obviously they've made the fabric better over time. It's become softer. It be, it's become more, you know, uh, it's got better tensile strength and all of that. But eventually I know when I'm paying a lot of money for that, it gives me all of that and more. Right? So that is a brand for me. And a label would be, uh, you know, I don't want to name any brand as such, but a label would be where, you know, I could buy this label. I could buy a T-shirt from this brand. And I could buy a similar t-shirt from any other brand, you know, at a similar price point or maybe a different price point. That doesn't matter. But, there is no major difference there is no significant unforgettable difference between what this brand is offering me versus what another brand may also be offering right so that's the difference for me between a brand and a label it's not the size because there are labels in india that are like doing thousands of crores of uh, you know uh, uh, every year because India is a cash trapped market you know people are very conscious about how much money they put into the you know in everything they buy right so even the sportswear department there are a lot of uh, brands and you know we we all know it right so it's not about the scale it's not about what they do it's all about the experience that the customer has and it has to be unforgettable right.
2: that was really crisp and yeah totally by that so uh, sharing while we talk about brands in general and i i am a cricket fan so i love cricket i've been following cricket for the last 15 20 years now and i've been playing cricket as well so when i when i watch cricket in general there are two things that i observe one is the national competition like like world cups like champions trophies and then there are there are uh, like i tournaments like ipl bbl so there's a difference that i have observed between the two like in ipl there are a lot of brands marked on the t-shirts on the jerseys of Cricket players in general. So, as a sports buff and as a big-time sports buff that you are, were you as in what do you what what's your take on the brands on the jerseys of cricket players specifically? We'll, we'll talk about other sports as well, but first of all, like let's talk about IBL and the
1: jerseys of uh, different uh, different uh, teams that are there. Fair enough. Uh, See, first off, to start off with, I think T20 cricket is is here to stay, right? And we can't do much about it. Like uh, a purist like me uh, loves a a test cricket match any other day, right? I mean, I play T20 myself here because I don't have the option luxury of playing a test cricket match because it's a five-day event. Uh, But, uh, you know, we all love test cricket and for the simple fact that there is nothing, right? I mean, test cricket is all about white and green and red. That's it. That's all the colours you see. You know, and and, and great if, if it's happening in Australia or in New Zealand because there's hardly any Pan Bahar boats behind the baller and all of that, right? So so the less of the branding, of course, the better the sport. But of course, the reality also is it's a marketing uh, effort right? at the end of the day. I mean, you just heard about the two franchises that came into IPL. You know, they, they paid, you know, they paid 20 times the same amount that, uh, people paid for Rajasthan Royals back, uh, in 2008. Right. So it's crazy. The, the amount of money that there is in cricket, especially in Indian uh, cricket, the BCCI is crazy, uh, rich. Right. So from that perspective, uh, are they making the best usage of all the properties that they have? Like Jersey is basically a retail property for me. Right. I'm trying to sell off as much as I can. Uh, if I think of from a business aspect, probably yes. Uh, does anyone seem to mind? See, the thing is you also have to realize what audience are you catering to, right? And uh, in India, the mass audiences, I don't think really care about what's written on a jersey as long as they get to say this, see their stars, right? So uh, from a, from a business, business angle, it makes sense for BCCI and for all the other brands because there is a plethora of brands trying to, see, it's not like BCCI is going out and asking hundreds of brands to come, please pitch me, right? There are brands clamoring to get in and get some real estate on the jerseys on i mean some of them we work really well like i'll give an example uh, Mintra bet on uh, bet on uh, csk uh, i think last year, starting last year and this year they won and, and mintra has got this prime property right in, in on the chest right in front right i think it worked beautifully for them it also worked beautifully for them because chennai is not as big as bangalore for them from a market perspective right so from a geographical standpoint they probably wanted to hit chennai a little more, you know, harder and what better way to do it than to do it with a CSK jersey, right? As such. So I think it's also about, you know, it's it's a mix. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not completely against it. As a purist, I'm definitely against it. I would say there should be a limitation to where you can, you know, uh, brand and where you cannot. Uh, because if you look at any leagues across the world, you know, even if they are franchise leagues like the BBL, the WBL, you even look at WWE and all of these things that are just, you know, catering to fans' needs even they don't, uh, you know, advertise as much. Right. So I guess in India, it's because people have a lot of, brands have a lot of money uh, and BCCA doesn't mind taking a lot of money. Right. So it works for the audiences in India, but, uh, but I would rather, you know, if you ask me my personal opinion, I don't think it works for brands. I mean, like I told you, Mintra is one good example, but I can tell you, you know, at least 10 other examples where I don't even re- re- recollect what brand was there on the back. Like the back is supposed to be, uh, you know, just the number and the person's name, right? That also has to suddenly like some cement or whatever it was there. You know, I, I vaguely recall. And I've watched pretty much all the IPL matches. So you can understand, right? Like someone who's watching it every day, if I don't recall things, how will someone who just tuned in for a couple of matches here and there? I, so I, I don't see, uh, you know, benefit. And that's why I we as a brand will probably not invest there. Uh, could we take like a very clear cut uh, chancy call, like a Pintra, probably, you know, you because right. you have to understand every retail spot is, is a money, right? So she, this could be some X crores, this could be two X crores, right? So it's also about how much you can spend. So if I had to do it, I would rather do it with real time. State. Like, you know, right here or right on the, you know, right on the side of the helmet, where when you're bowling, all you can see is the brand, there, right? So you have to be smart about it,
0: but yeah, I mean, I think it is a little overdone for sure yeah because i think i can completely relate on that because to be very honest i'm not a sports buff like you guys but then the only thing that i noticed from the recent ipl was the sheer number of brands on the jerseys the helmets and whatnot right so yeah i could totally relate to that yeah. and
1: and i'm sure you guys you know you guys see a lot of people wearing um Premier League jerseys or, you know, first copy of Premier League jerseys. I mean, when I was in college, even we couldn't afford 4,000, 5,000 piece shirts, right? So let's say a, a Premier League jersey is something you wear it, right? Because it's got the logo, it's got the, you know, a crest, it's got maybe a Nike or an Adidas, that's it, right? And the rest of it's all designed. It looks very premium. How many people do you see on campus walking around with a CSK jersey? Probably on match day, but do they wear it to flaunt as a, as a fashion accessory? Probably not. Why? Because no one wants a T-shirt. Where there's like five or six brands written everywhere man so you get my point right i mean i think one opportunity that these franchises are completely killing by taking all that branding uh, opportunity is they are completely killing the the actual fran- fan merchandise bit of it right so i mean that's just my thought but yeah got it so uh sharing talking about sports
2: uh please tell us who is your favorite sports person of all time
1: and why um, uh, it's, it's, it's a little difficult, honestly, cause I, 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 have, I love various sports, right. I'm, I'm I follow a lot of sports. I would just say my favorite sports person is a mix is a persona created as a mix of these guys. Okay. So what I take is I would take the tenacity and the, and the sheer heart of a Nadal. Okay. I would take the ruthlessness of uh, Michael Schumacher, right. I would take the longevity of a LeBron James or a, uh, or a Tom Brady, okay? And I would definitely take the absolute disdain, you know, absolute confidence and disdain of just going out there and performing of a Virat Kohli, right? That for me is the ideal mix. I mean, of course, I'm taking like the best of the best, but, but that for me is the ideal sports person, honestly.
0: Wow. That was something else. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, talking about uh, sports personality, what is the earliest brand endorsement that you can recall with the sports personality in it? And what would be the number one reason why you recall it?
1: Sports ad, okay. Uh, see, I, the earliest I started watching television and sports as such and sports ads generally happen during sports events, right? I think there's one particular ad that I remember, I think it was in the 90s. There was this ad where I think uh, it was a Pepsi ad, if I'm not wrong, where um, the entire Indian team is there. I, I remember seeing Dravid and, you know, glimpses of maybe Sachin and all that. And I think Shah Rukh impersonates being Sachin and goes into, uh, you know, the locker room to drink Pepsi. That was the story, right? And and the reason why I remember the ad is simply because uh, there are certain Sachin uh, specific things like, you know, Ila and all of those. The, the whole such he when he is you know trying to be sachin he speaks like sachin right and, and shahu does a good impersonation of him so some of those things and and the fact that that was probably the first time i had seen the entire cricket team in an act together right so i think the star power for me uh, is still and it, it's a childhood thing right and so you relate to it a lot and we still i mean I think the cricket team is much better now. The Indian cricket team, but the '90s cricket team was something that we used to love. Any which way, right? Like the guy likes of Ajay Jadeja and and Sachin, and you know Dravid and all of those guys, right? So I think some emotional connect there. But the star power, I think, is one of the reasons why I remember that ad very well. Got it. That's
2: even I remember that That was a very, as in that that ad is very impactful. You'll remember that ad forever. I right? I could relate to that. So uh, sharing uh, as a brand how do you decide which sports personality to align with? As in, how do you uh, align, okay, this is the sports personality that will match your positioning in the market. How do you decide it as a brand?
1: So you're saying, how do I shortlist uh, if this guy can be a brand ambassador? Yeah, right. Uh, see, for that, I think the most important thing is you need to know what is your brand all about, right? Uh, and I can, I'll give you an example of my own brand, right? What is my brand? My brand is all about the everyday athlete, right? So every time, right now, we don't have any. Uh, we started with Bumra. Yeah, Boomra was an uh, ambassador for some time, uh, like two years back. Uh, but that was more of a you know tactical sort of, yeah, we, they, there was no long-term thought there as such, to be very honest with you. Otherwise, he would still be with us, right? So right now, I think uh, where we are at is the everyday athlete is all about you. It could be you. It could be me, right? So, uh, just to give you an idea of what we're looking at, we're looking at ambassadors who do uh, normal things, not so normally. Okay, so you could be someone who you know just skateboards, but you could be someone who skateboards in sari. So it's a normal thing. Skateboarding is not, I mean, it's, it's a unique thing in India, of course, but across the globe, skateboarding is a normal activity, right? Like some all kids do it. But you could be skateboarding in a sari and, and hence you're you're popular and hence people look up to you because you've not changed who you are. But also maintain what you want to I've always loved doing. So you maybe you are a 30-year-old woman who's married and you know who doesn't wear shorts anymore, but you still skateboard, right? That's an everyday athlete for us. You know, someone who can inspire, someone who can uh do the ordinary slightly extraordinary, right? So that way. I mean, tomorrow, if I had to like pick someone, right, if I had to pick someone, I'll give an example, for instance, we were just the other day discussing about how uh, women's wear is a huge category for us. Uh, You know, as a matter of fact, 55% of all our sales is women's, okay. Uh, We are probably the only brand in India that has that split because everything has a 70, 30 men, 75, 25 uh, men, women, right? So we were thinking about, you know, what women would we like to bring on board once we, let's say, have that budget and all that. And the first thing that struck me, and of course, I'm a big fan, is someone like a Spiti Mandana. Right? Because she is all about the game. Okay? And she's extremely, uh, I mean, see, it's not about who you are as a person all completely, but also that matters. Right? Because, you know, uh, in a social environment, uh, of course, people are like, you know, very uh, about what you post on social and all that. But she seems to be someone who's at ease with who she is. There's not always like, she's not always worried about what gets posted online. So, you know, uh, the the way she behaves with her teammates and the whole Jemima Rodriguez and her, uh, you know, uh, sort of bromance, there brewing and all of that. I think it's a, it's a very nice angle to, you know, authenticity. So that's what we are looking for as a, as a brand authenticity and someone who we can, uh, you know, really look forward to for a long period of time also, Uh, because a lot of these are tactical. Yeah. I mean, like I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, a lot of brands are using Neera Chupa right now because it's very tactical, right? It's, it's very, because he's the uh, he's in the spotlight right now. And with him, your brand also comes into the spotlight. So while that's nice, but some brands will probably say, you know what, that's not important. So Nike doesn't do it all the time. I mean, Nike has their own way of, you know, saying, you know what, this is what we need to do. This is what you always worked for us. And, and that's why I like, why, you know, that's why I feel marketing, uh, from a marketing standpoint, Nike is way ahead of everyone else so while clothes wise underarm is better according to me but you know product wise underarm is better but nike is just the king of marketing right so because they know what they want and they also know what they don't want right that's that's how we choose man i mean it's it's not a straight answer as such but it's also about whether it's tactical whether it's strategic and it's all about what your brand values are so uh, sharing uh, I, I just want to turn tables a little bit
2: around so we we just talked about from brand's point of view what do you think as a sports person what are the what are the things that a sports person is looking after while deciding a brand so you you just talked about neeraj chopra right now so if 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 you were neeraj chopra right let's say right now uh, what are the things that you will be deciding because right now neeraj chopra has been going on a brand spree so first of all what's your honest opinion about it second of all what are the things as a sports person if you were a superstar sports person right now what are the things that you will be deciding before going ahead with a brand in general
1: okay I, i'll try to answer this in two parts uh, of course let me answer the neeraj chopra angle first because i think that's something i have an opinion about i would not say a strong opinion but uh, personally if i was neeraj chopra and you know and being who he is right now i think he's done a really good job first of all you know of presenting himself well so you have to understand things i mean he got a gold of course right and there were a lot of other people who got bronze silver etc cetera, et cetera. but if you look at just airtime or you know and 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 forget the controversy part of it the pakistani champion uh, forget the controversy i don't think that even there he presented himself really well so as a as a marketing asset you're a marketing asset if you're a if you are a sports star you're a marketing asset and of course there is there's a team of guys who are trying to crack deals for you but at the end of the day you are the guy who comes in with the camera right so People keep asking me, why do you think Virat Kohli gets all the deals and not other people within the team? You look at the ads that uh, Rishabh Pant does, or or even a does, right? They're getting better, but they're nowhere close to what a Virat I mean, Virat Kohli has now become an actor. He's really, he's really good. Even Dhoni for that matter, right? So you have got to be presentable. I mean, no one wants to spend crores of money trying to hire you for an ad and you can't even act, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the ad may have a great storyline. But if you don't add the punch to it, like Neeraj Chopra in that credit is, is immense. I mean, he's the star of the show, right? So you, you know, as a marketeer, as a, as, as a marketing brand head, if I'm getting a guy on board who can do that for me, who can create magic, not just by his presence, but also by the, the unaccounted for, let's say capability of him being able to act. That's a plus plus, right? So I think Neeraj Chopra has made the most of his time. He's really good in front of the camera. He's, uh, you know, I, I mean, despite the lack of, let's say, you know, he's he's not he's not that well-spoken. or. But I think what, what let's say, Kred also did well was use his personality really well. He's bubbly, right? He's He's got this charming, bubbly personality. He's very Indian about it. Right? And he's absolutely unapologetic. So that's what I have loved about what Neera Chopra has done. I think he looks, I mean, he's great in front of the camera. I saw some of his photo shoot. I think he was wearing a Louis Vuitton or whatever. I mean, it was a crazy photo shoot. And he was carrying it off. He was completely carrying it off. He's doing all these things in Maldives suddenly, you know, everyone's like following him, not just because so he became famous because he won the gold, but now whatever he's you know adding to it is all because of who he is, right? Beyond the javelin thrower. And that is what marketeers love about these guys. Right? So now coming to the second part of it. Right? So just to, uh, you know, to close that out is Neeraj Chopra making the best of his time right now. Yes. And why should he do that? Should he make money? Yes. Should he make tons of it? Yes. Because Olympics happens once in four years. People, people have a very short memory in marketing. People have a very, very short memory. neeraj Chopra will be gone in a year's time. Okay. And no one's going to come knocking at his door saying, you know what, take this, take that. No. So if he gets something on his plate right now, he should definitely, he's not a cricketer, he's not going to play IPL every year. Right. So that's my opinion. neeraj Chopra. If I was a celebrity, uh, see, it's, it's, it's a personal thing, right? But I love celebrities and I'll give examples. I love celebrities who have long-term commitments. So I'll give you an example, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, LeBron James and, uh, and, uh, Michael Jordan. These are the only three people that Nike has a lifetime contract with. Okay. And, and obviously Michael Jordan and LeBron have sneaker deals also where they get a cut off every sneaker that they celebrate. Right. So it's a crazy multimillion dollar deal and all that. But what I'm trying to say is you find the right brand, a brand that you connect with the brand that is like, you know, it's, it's part of you, like, you know, the, the football boots, the, the whole Nike attire and all that, it's part of Ronaldo, it's part of LeBron James, right? So there, if you find a brand like that, ideally stick to it and, you know, create long-term value for the brand and value for yourself as well, right? So that's one thing that I would definitely want to, you know, do if I was a, if I was someone like a Ronaldo, uh, the second thing I would want to do is uh, take brands that I believe in, or at least I don't have a problem endorsing. And if I'm against, if I'm against certain things, I will, like, if I'm against, uh, let's say, the the whole fast fashion, you know, thing, then I will not endorse a fast fashion brand, right? But stick to, like, just bring some consistency. Don't say, don't like crackers on Diwali, okay? But the same, and because that's environment uh, hazard, right? Environment hazard, dog hazard, but I mean, pets, and there's a lot of angle to it. But then don't go around flaunting your fast fashion brand the very next day, right? Because you know, fast fashion causes so much damage to the environment, a lot more than, you know, a week of Diwali, right? So you got to choose well, I mean, you're, you're an ambassador, not just for the brand, but if you're a global superstar, there are like millions and millions of young kids looking up at you, right? So even if you endorse a brand for money, please endorse it in a way, you know, or endorse brands that do more good than harm
0: in a way, right? I mean, I, I hope that makes sense. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, as a marketeer, I just have one question. I'll be speaking as an MBA. Are there any frameworks from your MBA days that you still uh, use uh, when you do marketing and when you plan? I I, honestly, I just speak. uh, I just stick to this basics, man.
1: Uh, I think there are three things I follow. Okay. Uh, The first one is the four P's, of course, right? Because I am in a. I've always like you know for the last seven to eight years of my career. Uh, I have pretty much been in uh, environments where we have to create things like, you know, out of scratch or in you know, just build or, or create something, which is, let's say, you know, zero to hundred in, in a very short time or something like that. I mean, just disruptive strategy, right. All together. Uh, but at the heart of it, always are the four piece. And the second, uh, you know, uh, sort of absolute uh, thing that I never forget is you have to think like a customer. I mean, the first thing you do is you, you put the four Ps in play. But when you talk about product, price, uh, you know, uh, placement and promotion, all these four have to be from the purview of a customer. Like, don't think, ye phone I like this phone. No. Think, will your customer like this phone? I love this T-shirt. No, 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 no. It's not made for you. You love it. Great. Fine. Will the customer love it? That's the question. And that's where we sort of take all of our personal biases out. And that's where you, you know, really take your game to the next level because every time you sit in, in, in a meeting and, and notice this, the next time you're sitting in a meeting, right? People give inputs. Most of it is very biased about what you like, what you think. I think in my opinion, right? It's never about guys. Let's try and think like the person who's not in this room. Right? So, I mean, there's a, there's a difference to it, right? So 4P uh, thinking like a customer. And of course, Every time you create a product or, you know, an offering or any kind of, you know, every, any time you are putting something up in front of a customer, you have to have two things spot on. What is the point of uh, parity and what's the point of difference? POP and POD, right? PUP are the things that you cannot miss out on hygiene. We call them hygiene, like, you know, f- funky marketing term POP, but we call it hygiene here. No? we cannot miss on hygiene, customer experience, Uh, what's the journey like, if you're, you know, uh, doing something online, how is the whole, uh, you know, but every button counts, every click counts. So where is every click leading to? Is my, uh, you know, is my photo spot on? Is my photo shoot spot on? Is my banner spot on? Am I throwing out wrong mixed signals? Everything has to be like those small things, right? Matter, those are hygiene. And point of difference, of course, is where I came uh, in the whole place, right? When you start building a product, that's the whole genesis of where you should start, like, you know, Think like a customer and think what different can you offer him. Like I'm offering you a T-shirt, what is the difference there? What's the point of difference? So those are the three things that I generally look at. Apart from that, not much, honestly.
2: Got it. So uh, sharing, we we are, we, are, we are talking about cricket more uh, more as of now. Let's let's shift to a little bit about different sports. What do you think the entire spectrum of sports in general in India? Is, is changing. And especially after Olympics, what, what's your, what's your take on that?
1: See, it's going to take time. Okay. And I have always been a huge, and I I, I wish that, you know, that my brand uh, grows and we're able to, because I, there's one thing that I personally want to take over and, you know, and really, really invest in is the whole grassroots development, right? Me, like, as, as I remember, as a kid, I used to go play football and all that. I used to see all these SAI uh, centers and this and that, right? There's a Tata Football Academy. But a lot of it is still privatized. You know, you're know, look, you still looking for the Tatas and the monies to invest in football and invest in other games and, and bring the money so that you know more and more people can come together. But the, the sports culture in general is still not there, apart from cricket. Like, why do people not play other sports in gullies? Why is there no gully football? why is there no gully volleyball right i mean t- till till you have like toddlers starting to play other games as well that popularity thing will it's it's an economics game right cricket is popular hence it just keeps on giving to the to the board to everyone involved in it and hence there is no shortage of talent coming through right the ipl has done wonders i mean think of it i mean the indian cricket team right now has has like three good players in every position, right? And that's that's they're that good, and it's also helping in the longer version of the game. I mean, Bumrah came out of T20, but he's a great Test bowler now, right? So it's really working for them. But from a other sport development angle, right? The government, of course, I think has done some. You know, I mean, it's it's a wish, it's wishful thinking on my part, but I hope the government can become a little more. Easy. I think the last sports minister was very very involved. Even the current one seems to be very uh, keen on you know making sure that we are an Olympic powerhouse. Uh, this these Olympics worked really well. I don't know how much credit you can give to individual training versus you know uh, the state actually helping, but most of them did mention that you know that uh, they had support from both the government as well as you know other people around them. Right, so it really helps. Uh, and and the whole ISL and all of those other leagues also becoming popular. I because the other day I was looking at a Kodagu FC lineup and I saw two guys from Sikkim, okay, uh, in their under 18 team, right. That just tells you that it's it's also a, a cross you know cross state cross country movement of talent. Like there are good footballers in the northeast. We've never been able to bring them because there's never enough money for them to you know come all the way away from their families and play in let's say a kook, right? But it's happening now, right? so it's encouraging times for sure. But uh, but uh, you know can can the I S L become as popular as the AS, uh, you know English Premier League? It's probably going to take a decade or more, for sure. Uh, let's. Uh, so I have another question. We then
2: probably we can move on yeah. to the next question in general, which will be the last one. So sharing. Uh, let's say you you were talking about politicians. You were talking about people at par, who are at the helm of, uh, you know, changing the sports, uh, sports vision of the country of 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 the nation in general. So you, if you were, let's say, at one of these power positions. Uh, what would be that one thing that you would definitely change or bring in to make India a super sport powerhouse and not cricket in general? Because I remember uh, when when Neeraj Chopra won gold, there was India versus England match going on. The test match in general, it was going on. And my I, my eyes were literally on the Olympic side. And I was not at all worried about what's going to happen in India versus England. But now that the World Cup has come in, it's, the shift has that shift has again come up. Like cricket is at the top again. And I'm not, uh, and and people's focus as well is shifted towards cricket in general. So that Olympics thing is starting to, you know, wane off again. So what do do you think is that one thing you would have done if you were at at par right now just to change the shift of the entire sports uh, industry in general? Where you can involve marketing as well or any other aspect
1: you want. See, I'll tell you what, um, for anything to prosper right you need a great product i mean everything is a product right like the IPL is a great product i mean someone thought about it kudus was a guy uh they've people have made billions and billions of dollars out of it right uh, a lot of people have you know uh, gotten be, i mean and, and we've as a country as a country of cricket lovers we've also gained from it uh if i was to make let's say i'll just give an example uh if, to take let's say olympic sport more popular across right? it could be swimming it could be track and field whatever right right now how much coverage do you get of an Olympic track and field event happening, let's say in Bangor, a national level track? and Like uh, recently, uh, one of my friends, uh, you know, not friends exactly, one of my seniors, a uh, daughter recently, uh, she's, she's 13 years old and she won bronze in a national level swimming contest. I know about it because he forwarded it to me on a group of friends, right? Who else knows about it? She was the youngest ever uh, podium finisher in a senior, uh, you know, swimming that should be covered, right? That, I mean, I don't see giving people exposure at a very young age, uh, you know, in terms of media. And yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, advocate that much, much, but shouldn't these guys be lauded? Shouldn't these, shouldn't these news articles be, you know, going across to people? The thing is, it's just, something is famous. It's becoming more and more popular. More people cover it. And it just, it's just, it's a very, it's it's a, you know, it's, it's just, a, there's no shift as such. There needs to be a paradigm shift in terms of uh, the approach. And, if anyone can do it, it is definitely the government because if you build the right infrastructure in place, let's say in the power centers across the country, even if you can build, let's say a regional level, uh, you know, uh, sports infrastructure, like for instance, right now, there is something in Patiala, right. But is there something similar, let's say somewhere close to the West? Is there something similar, like in the South, India is a large country. There's a lot of people. You do also realize that, you know, uh, sports stars are not just they're human beings, right. So it's not like someone from uh from the south, let's say someone who's who's not very really good at English also, but is very naturally athletic and talented, goes to a patiala, okay, ends up being depressed, comes back. You know the Cristiano Ronaldo story, right? He was he was at, at a certain point, he was almost depressed. He you know he was almost about to give up football because he was not, he was feeling you know that whole homesick feeling, right? So why can't you create localized centers, you know, of infrastructure where people can come in, train with uh, really good coaches and that's where the whole funding thing comes in, right? And hence the government has to figure out a self-sustaining source of funding for these lesser known sports in India. What the busy side does really well, okay, and, and that's that's one thing I have to give kudos to them for is they are really good at generating revenue. They just, they just know how to generate revenue out of everyone, right? From television deals to everything. It just, I think the other sport in India, which is the Olympic sport really needs a good management team there who can, you know, sort of propose to the government, you know what, for the next 20 years, this is the amount of money we'll need okay, Uh, to really bring out, let's say 15 gold medalists in, in, by the, by the third or fourth Olympics that we're talking about, right? And the government just says, you know what, go ahead and And it's not like, you know, just asking the government, you know, why don't you pay this much to me? How do you build that revenue? How can you build, let's say, you know what, you give the government a proposal saying, just like a business proposal, right? Like like the way you invest in a a starter, this is a five-year plan or this is a 10-year plan, right? I'm going to be, you know, red for the first five years, but post five, this is what I'm going to generate. right? So I don't mind a little bit of privatization coming in as well, but but it has to be with a very clear, uh, you know, a bird's eye view of what we're trying to achieve in the next let's say 10 to 20 years because there is so much talent man I mean like you know look at the look at the range of uh, you know look at the range of geographies that people have come up from like from a boxer in Assam to, to of course you know uh, Maricom and the rest of the guys there in Manipur and and, and the rest of Northeast uh, India to all the way to Haryana right I mean it's crazy and you know to Srijith and all these guys from the south so It it is a large country. It's not, uh, you know, easy to find and identify talent and, you know, bring them all together. So, you know, make it a little more regional, figure things out and also create a product where you can like, you know, make it, make people realize that Olympics are in 6 But these events keep happening. So maybe have a mini India Olympic, right? Every year, once a year or at least twice a year. So just to, just to keep that in, in the mind. I mean, all the good followed sports in the world are just, Followed well because they have great coverage. Tennis, Formula One, this just sold really well, right? So I think that that's one of the key things that we can do, you know, a very uh, semi-government, semi-private kind of a setup where it becomes like a startup where, you know, uh, in five years time, it's it's self-sustaining and that it funds itself, you know, going forward.
0: Wow, that is a very optimistic yet realistic (laughs) take on the current scenario. And we sure do need more people like you people who share the same values and people who are at the capacity to change stuff. And we hope that uh, our podcast serves as a platform where you know, it can inspire more people to share the same view. Yeah. And as a last question for the listeners, um, what would be uh, the most important three factors to make marketing work? Let's keep it brief. Fine. Uh, in today's world, I'll just
1: keep it because you know, marketing has changed over, over time, right? So the first thing for me uh, that is really important is you need to define your problem statement very clearly, like as clearly as possible. Is it is it uh, awareness? Is it is it a brand campaign? Is it a product campaign? What are you trying to do? What are you leaving the customer with, right? At the end of the day, someone sees your uh, ad or someone sees whatever you've done or someone sees a campaign that you've created. What do you want them to take away from it, right? So that problem statement, you define a problem correctly, you will find... The best answers to it. Okay. So that's the first step. Uh the second step would be I would say a lot of people nowadays worry about the whole jazz, you know, in terms of oh my ad needs to like you know go viral. I mean the viral thing happens as a result. It's not the process. So you gotta you gotta understand the process properly and focus on your input. Like as long as your input is there, your problem statement is clear, your inputs are there, you put in all the right ingredients in it, right? Sometimes it will not work. But that's the reality of like marketing works once in a while, like not every ad is memorable, right? So you have to live with it. It's a, it's a hit and miss thing, but focus on the input. Don't worry so much about the output, your virality, the whole idea of virality is you don't know when it's going to go viral, Right? So just focus on the right input right? That's the second thing. And the third thing, and I'll just repeat that again, because I said it earlier also is think like a customer. I mean, when you, when you're about to release an ad or when you're about to release, let's say, you know, any kind of campaign, right? if you were the customer and if you think like the tg right would you want to see the ad would you love the ad would you you know what do you think about it when you see the so if you can if you can again in the room when you're like finalizing and the agency is presenting to you and if you can dissociate from the whole brand uh you know feel and say you know what i am a customer right now you know wow me and if, if you don't find the wow you should probably say no a lot of people don't say no also, you know, just because of timelines, deadlines, this, that, my boss is on my ass, all of those things. And I mean, it's at the end of the day, if you really feel for the brand and if you, if you're really passionate about the product you're creating or the other brand that you're trying to build, then
0: you will, you will see no at the right day. So, you know, that's also very important to think like a customer. First. All right. So it's defining your objective, know your input and empathy you would you could call it empathy yeah of course but the customer viewpoint of course yeah, yeah. customer is the thing <laughs> yes. absolutely yeah. alright sharing thank you so much um, you have been you know nothing but a big dose of insights about marketing about the industry and i personally i feel gagan and i have gained a lot from this episode as and then we also hope that our listeners will also be getting the same so yeah
1: thank you so much Thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, lovely being here. Uh, have a, have a nice weekend, both of you. And happy Diwali in advance, of course. Same to you. Same Thank you, sir. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you.